Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast. In-house, Josh, Deli, yo, yo. Jeremy. What's hey up, my friends? And I'm Andy, and it's good to be with you today. Yeah. We were just laughing. I said, Del, you got the lead, brother. All right. What'd you get from Sunday? And he said... Bunch of nothing, man. Bunch I of got, nothing. I got yeah. nothing, so... For which I'm like, that's nice. <laughs> I preached the message. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. It was especially nice when you're the one that preached the message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're ready to hear what you got out of the I message. Got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great, man. Very profound. Yeah, thank Very you profound. so much. I, I, I'm speechless right now. I don't speechless. Even, I, I have nothing to say because it was even, so profound. I can't even put words together. Yeah. Oh, your man. comments are connected to your check for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in mind. He might need some remediation. Yeah. <laughs> Remedial. Uh, welcome to training, the Christway yeah. Counseling Connect. Yes, right. yeah. I heard him singing behind me, so I know he was the there. The worship was, was awesome, there. man. We sang... No. <laughs> I left there and I went to Arnix to preach, you know, mm. and uh, Brian Stewart, we're in the parking lot and Brian Stewart says, Hey man, I'll see you at Arnix. I said, dude, you're going to Arnix. He said, yeah. I'm like, oh, now I got to preach something totally different. <laughs> like if you weren't showed up, if it wasn't for Mello and, and, and Brian in Vienna, I could have done the same. Could have done something. I yeah. Could've, God could have spoke something powerful again. Yeah. Same thing. No. Well, clearly, Deli could have heard it twice. Yeah. He hear I could have heard it twice. So I don't I think Deli's the one that should have gone to Arnix. Yeah, and on the way out, I was. this is kind of old school, but I was telling Brian, I said, man, we're just going to get a, a hot choir song going, do a couple key changes, and I won't have to preach. There you <laughs> go. And that'll be a good day. But go. It was a good day at Arnix as well. We miss him. Mm-hmm. around the mics today. All right, man. Enough warm-up for you. Yeah. Well, okay, so if, we, if we're being serious now, okay, guys, we were talking about um, service and serving and, and our gifts, and um, I think that the kingdom, you said, right, I wrote this down, this is the kingdom doesn't work without Jesus, and that, that kind of hit me pretty, pretty hard, I guess, like um, trying to do things a lot of times on our on our own without him directing and, and speaking and um, understanding that we have the gifts that, that we, we can, but it's, but we have, well, we need Jesus with it. And so I, I don't know. I was just really thinking about that. Like how many times do I try to serve and work and do things without the source? And um, yeah, it just, it's very tiring. Uh, and it's, uh, not a lot of time spirit led. I don't know. Me and Josh have talked about that before of just trying to lead things as man wants or man directed or God and spirit directed. And so I don't know. I was just, that's where I was just really kind of weighing myself, reflecting on myself when I do serve. Um, so that, I don't know, that was something that was really kind of hitting me a lot this week anyway, or I guess this two days. <laughs> been, been rich these two days. It's been days. rich these two days, man. I tell you, <laughs> you know, um, Jesus could do anything, we believe. God can do anything, but he seems to limit himself around particular parameters. Um, Christology, the study of Jesus. um, I've often said that the thing I find most profound is that all the things he could have done and didn't to get himself out of situations or to not be cold or hungry or discomforted Mm -hmm. or something, right? in any kind of dis disease and he could he could cure it. I mean it just no problem. He 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 never had to live a life with any 
inconvenience. And so for him to do that, uh, for God to limit himself by whatever parameters he, parameters he may set. And then, and then I'm, I've always been intrigued by the, the verse that says, except the Lord build a house. I got that part, and they could have stopped there, and I think I could have projected it. But it says they labor in vain that build it. Yep. It's not like they don't build it. Mm-hmm. right? It would make sense to me probably more so that unless the Lord builds the house, there is no house. Okay, that's not what it says. Yeah, it says unless the Lord builds the house, those that build it labor in vain. Meaning they build a house, mm-hmm. but it's not it. Yeah, <laughs> which is scary, Mary, a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. To realize you can be building stuff, we can build all these things, and of course Peter was like, "What a great, what a great idea here on the Mount of Transfiguration. Let's build three yeah. tabernacles. That sounds like a dandy mm-hmm. idea." And Jesus is like, uh, <laughs> "No." <laughs> Well, yeah, really. Like you, almost that. Like you don't know what spirit you're of. You got this different thing going on. Yeah, yeah, it's convicting. Yeah, I appreciate the challenge of it, but it is convicting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's action that's not done without thought or care, but missing some important connection there. Well, and I think a lot of times, I don't know. I can't speak for people, but I think if we talked about you know, carnality or being carnal, people can easily think that's like just sin and licentious, degrading behavior and all that business. Carnal just means flesh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carnivore, right? I mean, you're, it's just flesh, spirit or flesh. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we are always flesh. We wake up every day flesh. Yeah. And those two wage war against each other. And we all, and we know that the longer you're, I've walked with the Lord, the know you, I know those two things don't always agree, but they sometimes they do. Yeah, sometimes. And, and the walking in the tension of that sometimes really slows my decision-making process down. I don't know about you guys, but it just, it doesn't. If, and if I'm trying to be... But I wonder if that's good. Yeah, And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, but if I'm trying because to be... Because if we would have chosen quickly, that might have been right. maybe and, flesh. And, and sometimes the looking, looking back on slow decisions... Okay, so this Sunday, for instance, specifically somebody who I didn't wasn't sure was coming to church, who we've kind of we've been helping with some some rent yep. and yep. and giving, and and he showed up at church, and then I'm hearing this message about giving and being blessed through one another, and thinking about resources that the church has, all these things that you said said. Well, I am fighting the decision to do we help help him further or or not help him further mm-hmm. and feeling the tension feeling, of, tension, feeling yeah. the tension mm-hmm. of all of that and looking back on it if i would have helped him i mean i, and I don't know this is if this is true or not but if if i would have helped him with everything that he needed immediately maybe he wouldn't have stayed in relationship with me to have those conversations that have been fruitful for hopefully him and enjoyable for us. And then he comes to service. So that like I'm delaying making this decision and, and walking in the tension of, of what is right here. Mm -hmm. And sometimes then God works in the, I think a lot of times he works in the, in the tension of, as we fight the battle between spiritually, what is right, what is, my fleshly wisdom, what is spiritual wisdom? How do I 
love and protect and do all those things. And then God clears that up. But if we're like, I got to, I need this to be done because I need it off of my plate and I'm going to make the decision right now that uh, the, what's refined in the tension doesn't rise to the surface. Mm. Yeah, so I don't think yeah, – I, I didn't tell you this. I mean, he might have. I didn't tell you this. Uh, he came by another day. You weren't here. Mm-hmm. And I was here. Did he tell you that? You told me that. I yeah, told you he yeah. came by? Mm-hmm. Okay. Grandpa here can't remember what I told you. So <laughs> he came by. We sat and talked for a bit. I, I don't write checks here. So I, I, I'm i like, bro, I can't help you. Not with not with what he needed. Right. And he showed me the, the paper that he had with the balances and those things, mm-hmm. what you had done and what was remainder. And then he came Sunday. So – uh, there, not that any of us were like, let's milk this out to get him to come to church. That yeah, wasn't in my mind right and now. it wasn't in your mind either, but what it just, the, the, the way the events happen and ultimately probably covered the whole thing, but we're just listening and sometimes we're listening and get nothing and that's fine too. Sometimes it's just uh, stand still and see. Sometimes it's take the steps that the word illuminates in front of your path. Sometimes you have a clear, you can't even see it, but you know the target's out there and you shoot, hit it right in the the mark, right? Which is great, great. But all those things are really just continually being sensitive for, classically, uh, the man lowered down through the roof uh, with palsy, Mm. right? Um, Jesus says your sins are forgiven. Mm. Everybody goes nuts. The Pharisees go nuts, right? And then he said, what is it? Is it harder for me to forgive sin or heal the man's body? And then he says, you know, get up and walk, right? Yeah. And, I've, and I've heard it preached. You've, you've probably preached it, that we come wanting something. He come want, came wanting healing. He got his sins yeah. forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you said... Uh, he gives us what we need. Yep. You said a few minutes ago... Uh, Christology and the study of you know, Jesus's life or Christ, and what popped into my head was Christophany, which I'm going to let the listeners look that up and and deal with that on their own. But my there's this tension of we we read the life of Jesus in the New Testament, and in the and 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 a reality a, a possible reality that you know Jesus appears in other uh, scriptures before that and. Um, I'm not going to go any more about that, <laughs> but not trying to create drama. But my thought is there are times when it's so clear the decision to make that we can't see it. Mm-hmm. And I, I even think that in my life. Like, um, and I just, uh, for those listening, I, uh, we were missionaries in South Africa. I was literally living my dream life on a 50 acre vegetable farm in the, in the, in a like 15 miles from white sand beach and beautiful location. And through my wife first, God said, I think it's time to move back to the United States. And I was like, get away from me, Satan. That's not (laughs) happening. Right. But God gave me this dream. This is what happened. He gave me a dream and he, he put me on a, he put me on a mountain and on the mountain I could see two valleys on one valley was our farm, which was beautiful. And it was teeming with life, and there was a lot going on, and things were very productive, and um, it looked really good. And in the other valley, um, it was completely clouded over, like clouds settled over the valley. And he said, you're welcome to go whichever way you want. And there were two paths. But I knew 
like I knew in my knower, that's how we, I say it. I just <laughs> know in my knower that I had to go down the path that was clouded, even though I had no idea what was going to happen. Mm. And I think sometimes as servants, we just have to, we just have to know, like, and be okay not knowing. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the reason I brought up the word Christophany is because people were possibly seeing a um, incartation of Jesus in the Old Testament, but had no idea what that meant mm-hmm. and no idea what was happening there. Mm-hmm. And and what's interesting is knowing, being fully confident that I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like I I I know that I'm supposed to go, but I have no idea what I'm doing, where I'm going, how it's going to play out. Right? I mean, yeah. That, no I, idea how we're going to yeah. be provided for, or mm-hmm. what do I do when I? I mean, I got to have money, and I got to have a job now, and mm-hmm. I got to you know, and all these things, these carnal things, come into my mind, um, and yet I know I have to go that way, mm-hmm. and my dream at that moment in my life was right there. Like yeah. I'm living it. And I'm leaving behind these yeah. things. I mean, that's, and that's pruning. I mean, right. God pruning. Yeah. Here's all this good fruit, Lord. Look at all this beautiful life that you've given me. And you're, you're asking me to go away from it. Yeah. And that I'm living in my pro- proverbial garden of Eden, literally. <laughs> like, yeah. So God does ask us to give things away. You know, for Melinda and I, this might be the first, I think she would say this, and I agree, this might be the first assignment where we're, we're getting to see the fruit. Mm. It's the first place where we've lived long enough in one spot to see the fruit. Mm-hmm. I have a friend that says, uh, you, and, you and Melinda, you inoculate stuff. You, like, come in and, like, hit it for a couple of years and mm-hmm. put something in that and then move it. You're never there long enough. Yeah. <laughs> To actually see the fruit. So then you're in a place where you can see the fruit. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But there's often times that you don't even know. And you'll plant, or you had that place where it was very clear that was your season. And that's the whole part of just serving. Yeah. Like, I, I love the phrase that cabinet members use, you know, I serve at the pleasure of the president. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's so true in our, in our most mature journey. Like I know where I want to be, mm-hmm. and I know what I'd like to do, and even places I've gone before. Do you feel like it's grace? I feel like it's it's been a grace. It's been difficult too, but it's also been a grace to have the to be uprooted and to be be changed because the mistakes of my youth that now I'd look at, I would would never do it that way now and. Oh, I wish I would have had the wisdom to to focus on totally different things. And so then the changes, the pruning has been a grace to say, now you get to start with something with that wisdom. And you've walked with me and now the things that the you know, the hills that I would have died on when I was twenty, now I know they're not they're not a they're not a thing for the Lord. And that has made me be more peaceful. And I think the fruit is better. And if I hadn't, hadn't have been uprooted, it might not have worked. So I just have to trust the Lord that he is uprooting and changing direction and changing focuses and doing all that. And I'm going to trust that it's better. Well, and I think it's just way. holding everything in an open hand. Yeah. It, you know, 
just take it if you need it, Lord. Like, yeah. Or, and you freak or, out when they take something, and he takes something out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's really, for us, we've moved several times and it was just, it just become a, we trust you. Well, your life didn't get easier coming back to the States. I mean, we sat here last year, probably it was last year, did a podcast. You told the details of that story. Yeah. You like going to something and what they were going to pay you was like, are you kidding me? You could barely, on paper, that yeah. could barely take care of you yourself, not you and Mindy. Forget you mm-hmm. and a handful of kids. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So then you're in that space. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. And by the way, when you're in that space, you can easily go, maybe I didn't hear that right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you did. Yeah. If I'm going to be in that space, I prefer to be near the beach. Near the beach. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be vegetable garden. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Lord, what are you doing? I tell you, man, this thing about trust, there's a little story that Melinda and I were struggling. Emma was a probably a elementary school age or something like that, first, second grade. And so we were struggling. Money was super tight, super tough. And uh, I had an occasion to go out and speak for people. And, and, and sometimes, I mean, it'd be $1,000. One time it was like $3,500 to go and speak for three days. It was such a blessing, such a gift. I sold some books. Like it was just great, right? Yeah. I wouldn't make that in a month, you know? Yeah. So we're in this this kind of financial trying time and just holding stuff together. Church planters just kind of, our, our congregation had 25 people or something, you know. And I'm working a job, Melinda's working, and, and we're out east and the cost of living is really high. So all that stuff together. And one day my phone goes off and literally, literally, I am standing at the counter of a, of a bus company to try to get a second job driving a bus at night, weekends, something to make a little extra money. I'm literally standing ready to get a, uh, you know, a hiring form or whatever, an application, mm-hmm. job application. My phone goes off and I look down at the name and it's the name of the guy that's the pastor at this church that gave us the 3,500 bucks when we were there. Hmm. And I'm like, praise the Lord. I stepped out of that line and I took that call and it was like the beginning of school, you know, August or something. It's like school bus drivers. That sign was out. That's what I was going to try to do. So, so, uh, I took the call. He said, Andy, Hey man, can you, uh, uh, can you, can you come and speak for us in September? And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like jackpot within 30 days. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I walk out to my car. I'm getting in my car. I'm talking to the guy. And I said, well, man, do you want to book the tickets or do you want me to book the tickets? He said, we got time to book the tickets. I said, I thought you said September. He said, no, I'm booking you for September of next year. (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) Uh, To which I was just like, okay, Lord, loud and clear. Message heard. Right? And the message that I got was, Andy, I can provide for you right now or not. And your posture is not, whoo, dodge that bullet. Your posture is trust me. (laughs) And I did not go back in to the bus place. I'm like, okay. I got it. You taught me one right there. And I just hopped in my car, drove home. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. we'll trust. And then in those moments, that's the gift. And when we're talking about being activated for ministry, that's the part that never changes. Even with the wisdom that we acquire, mm-hmm. it's easy to lean into that. Mm-hmm. We need to use it, but not lean into it, right? 
And that's not stand. You're not standing on that. Not standing on that. Yeah. That's a maturity as well. Mm-hmm. And 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 frankly, when you've been doing this a long, long time, it's even more of a temptation to lean into it in some respects. And you got to go. Nope. I'm. I still have to listen. I still have to put my ear to the ground. What's the Lord doing? Mm-hmm. What do you want from me? And just the pause. So the fact that we activate for ministry. That's. The, I guess that's the mess. That was the message. Message from Sunday is. You've got a spot. Yeah. There's a pair. There's a two-by-two two pair, and you're in it. <laughs> so let's go. And when Jesus sends them, it doesn't, happen without, it doesn't happen without you. And how'd they come back? Rejoicing, Rejoicing right? They, yeah. they, it, was, it was a great adventure that was, I'm, I'm sure, had its difficulties. But. There are some translations that says Jesus danced when he, when he heard them come back. Like yeah. he, he danced himself when he heard it, right? And I feel like for some reason, I didn't look that up, but I feel like for some reason, he, that's when he speaks of Satan falling and just this, like the dominion, like the dominion that's happening when people go out and share ministry and share their light with others. Like the, the, the dominion of darkness is lessened, mm-hmm. hurt, damaged, compromised, crippled, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, people getting in the mix was the real, the real call. And how, how full life is. Can you imagine? I don't know. I can't even think of what life would be like, the purpose of my life. I don't think I could do it without feeling like I was part of something bigger than me. I think that when you say that, um, that finding something that's bigger than you is really the, I don't know, that's, that's that source that, that I was talking about a little earlier was, how can we continue to do the things without knowing the purpose and the drive behind it? Cause otherwise it's like, you're just spinning your wheels or you're, I don't know, you're just really burning at both ends, even, even in a sense, or pouring out of the empty, empty cup or, you know, whatever the metaphors or that people say. But I think about that cause I, me and me and Kelly, we love to serve. Like we love to serve in, in whatever, whatever way possible. And, but knowing because it can easily move into I'm getting used too much or I'm getting abused too much or I'm pouring pouring out too much and I'm not I'm not getting what I should have right like feeling a little bit of resentment they can easily do that and yep. and I'm sure for many of us we've been in those places at times but that but knowing like the purpose and the source behind all those things can help endure through those things and checking yourself with that because that's where because it, it can easily go back into that flesh yep. that we were talking about earlier like having our mind governed, I think it says in Romans, what you were referencing, having our mind governed by the flesh is like life, or is death, sorry. And then the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And so that, that's where I think amongst all of that, like having that life and peace because you're constantly governed and attached to that source, which is the spirit. Like, I don't know. I was talking to uh, someone this week, and they were talking about a struggle, how hard their week was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we chat about that a little bit. and. And, and expectation. It comes down to expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a no expectation, no offense. Mm-hmm. But there are these expectations. Like I'll serve even the, even when we don't think they're there, right? Like yeah. I, I serve. And you love the Lord, man. You love the Lord. Great intentions. And, you love yeah. the Lord, and and but you're like you know, and you look over and it's Peter and and John, right? He, he'll be around for the resurrection. He's like, well, what about him? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. What's his like? What, what's his story? That's not fair, right? Mm-hmm. And so for us to just simply uh, lay, lay it out, 
let the Lord uh, use us and put those expectations on the shelf. I told this person this week, I said, uh, and this is true, it's a true story. So in 1998, Melinda and I went to El Salvador, and we were there about a week or so. And I saw a guy, I remember him, I see it right now, uh, making bricks in wood forms out of mud. And his children, there were three kids, one of them was buck naked, a little guy, like maybe three or so, three or four. And they were playing on a, they were playing on a slide, but the slide was made of uh, cardboard that was just thrown away, right? Just a little pile of, I mean, it was decently as four or five feet tall, but a little pile of cardboard, and they'd climb up and slide down dirty, dirty, you know? And I think of that man, or and, and, and thousands of men and women like him, who love the Lord, and that's what they did for the last 157 days, and that's what they're going to do for the next 157 days. And I'm like, you know, you might not have it that bad. Like, you, <laughs> you might want to toughen up a hair, yeah. get over yourself a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's not a guilt trip. It's an honest data look, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what in the world do you think you have wrong in your life? You have this privilege of serving. And, of course, we can't compare our service to what the Lord has done for us. That's a, that's a lose. Uh, but even just the expectations of I look around and, but, the, you know, the life I want, I'm not interested in a life that's fair. Mm -hmm. I want a life of purpose. Yeah. I want a life of meaning. So I want to ask a practical question, I guess, because of the listeners and our congregation, the community we have, um, just serving and navigating that, like, where do I serve and how do I know what I need to serve in? Because like, Jeremy, you've done youth ministry, you know, like at a ranch and Andy, you've been speaking and you've also done youth ministry. I think Josh has yeah. done missionary. And I just think about that and, and the aspect of when you say like, we all have something to give. How did that for you guys, I guess, just, I guess, rise to the surface and become clear? Or maybe it wasn't clear, I guess, in that process, I guess. I don't know. Just, yeah. I think, cause I think about that for myself, like I've, served in many different capacities and mm -hmm. you know and and i know me and you have spent hours drawing circles and you know and all yeah this. so i just think about that for yeah. those that don't know what that even looks like i guess well so for one there's several things come to my mind the, 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 the first one is that a lot of these things can be little bits and pieces that lead you to some final place Right, so you guys know this story. Our listeners may not know this story. I married Melinda when I was 23. We were married 23 years when I moved here. And I've said I will hope to pastor this church for 23 years. Mm -hmm. I'll be 69. And then the last 23, before I pass at 92, <laughs> I will just wear flannel shirts and be a nice guy and drink <laughs> coffee and help people. <laughs> so I am in the third quarter of my life, mm -hmm. this third 23 years. Before I came to Terre Haute, my prayer was one single prayer. I was in Augusta, Georgia, Dallas, Texas, Columbus, East Coast, Iowa, all over the, all over the place, seeking. My single prayer never changed. Because in that second 23 years, we'd moved over 20 times. Mm -hmm. So I said, Lord, could I live in one place for the next 23 years that helps me leverage everything I learned in the last 23. Mm. 
and I think this is it. Mm -hmm. That was the single prayer. It didn't matter to me where it was, mm -hmm. but that was my heart. Point is all these things that create us, that mm -hmm. form us, the successes and the failures mm -hmm. and all of it, yeah. right? And the and the I was a youth pastor a few times, mm -hmm. big church, little church, hokey, weird, all kinds of different different ge geographies. Oh, yeah, and 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 pastored all kinds of different congregations and different mm -hmm. places, and and so all of those come together. So that's yeah. that's one piece. They first of all they all fit mm -hmm. together, and then Jeremy, you can speak to this, but my my experience was. It's either see a need, hear a voice. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's either see a need, hear a voice. And like say just, yes. And just say yes. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I see that. And frankly, here's the deal. If you see it, you see it for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about a God reason. I'm literally talking about it means something to you. Mm -hmm. Right? Some people can walk past a, an unclean space. They don't, they don't even notice. They don't care. Other people, they care about it being clean. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a moral issue, <laughs> but they care about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Or they care about what the lawn looks like. Mm -hmm. Well, that person, that's a need they see. But it, see, when you see a need, hear a voice, sometimes that need tells you what your passion actually mm -hmm. might be. Yeah. It resonates with you. You see the need, and it, it resonates with you some, for some reason. And it's probably because you're created in God's image in the unique way that you were created right. in his image. It resonates with you. And so thinking about thinking back on my life, it, it has been saying yes to the Lord in sometimes simple things like, yes, I will work VBS. And, and it might not be that I want to, and generally, the yeses that have moved me in spiritual and Lord relationship things that I didn't know would happen until after I said yes yeah, yeah. were things that saying yes to was scary and threatening to the current comfort, comfort that I lived in. Mm -hmm. So if it was, yes, I'm going to quit this job and do this, okay, well, that so they were just they were just usually through the doorway of something that seemed a little scary mm. and and that you know so that requires that requires faith faith and that Lord trust, I'm walking yeah. through this door that's scary trusting you and hoping hoping to encounter you yeah. and and at the time I wouldn't have been able to say that he who seeks finds you know that would, wouldn't have been able to make the connections that I have now mm -hmm. and then as you've done that the joy of doing those things and and I also don't want people to think I have to have this head level, right? right? Their eyes, their hands, their feet, their, you know, don't be an ear or a nose and all those different, that service looks like a certain way. Yeah. Because um, I, I was thinking about uh, Ecclesiastes, this is chapter 5, verse 18, that, uh, so, right, wisest guy ever lived. I have seen personally what is the only beneficial, appropriate course of action for people to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all their hard work on earth during the few days of their life that God has given them. For this is their reward. To every man whom God has given wealth and possessions, he has also given him the ability to eat from them and to receive his reward and to find enjoyment in his toils. These things are a gift of God, for he does not think about 
much about the fleeting days of his life because God keeps him preoccupied with the joy he derives from his activity. Mm. And when I come in and hear you and Kelly laughing and having fun cleaning bathrooms, mm -hmm. I hear that. When I see my dad working on something and laughing with his coworkers and, and enjoying the toil of his hands, when, mm -hmm. I see, uh, when I see people who enjoy what they're doing and, and somebody else might look at what they're doing and say, that is terrible or confusing, I think. Lord, thank you for creating us all in your image mm -hmm. and that you are such a vast God mm -hmm. that that image takes so many forms and it take and it and it takes cover the earth to represent it it takes mm -hmm. billions of people to represent an infinite god and they still can't get it done yeah and and the people can enjoy making bricks on the side of the road while their kids play naked on the on the trash cardboard <laughs> yeah. and live in a house that we that we wouldn't keep our lawnmower in and they have joy in it mm -hmm. and i know that I know that God designed this world and he has put his spirit in us to do this. And so, yeah, that's uh, so. So what I'm hearing you say is saying yes, like both of you guys, like saying this yes to whatever it is that you're seeing and stepping into it and understanding that you're you're going to see things and it's going to be used. Right. Like all things work out for his good is what I'm I'm hearing. Called it, according to his yeah, purpose. Called yeah. according to his purpose. And, and I, those things, I don't know, to me, it's just. I, th I think a lot of times we, for me, and maybe even my generation, not so much maybe your guys' generation, but I need to pick it right right now. And, I, and I'm not going to do it unless it's the right thing because yeah. I, I need to be, yeah. uh, you fulfilled. know, fulfilled, yeah. right? You know, or I need to feel yeah. purposeful and I don't want to be purposeful in the wrong thing. Yeah, that's a Simon, <laughs> that's a Simon Sinek yeah, right? uh, thing that he talks about. What I mean, I'm 55, yeah, so I would say younger generations. Mm -hmm. and he's talking about younger generations and... He, he has this joke where he uh, it's not a joke, it's a real story, but he says, uh, you know, he saw somebody, likes to, young executives, young, young people, first job, you know, those kinds of things, like, how's it going? And they're like, ah, I think I'm going to move on. Yeah. He's like, why? Well, I'm just not finding fulfillment. Mm -hmm. How long you been here? I don't know, like four months. He's like, okay, <laughs> that's not going to happen. And he says, fulfillment in, in work and fulfillment in relationships, that fulfillment does not come quickly. Mm. Right. So there is that, like I yeah. need fulfillment. It's not happening fast enough. Uh, we're talking about when you see a need mm -hmm. and you hear a voice and you identify that for yourself and, and connection and passion. And, mm -hmm. the, and so there's something that uh, I will add to that that is part of my story directly. And I'm not going to say it's a lost art like I'm a grandpa, you know, like it's a lost art and <laughs> all that mess. But I don't see it much. Mm -hmm. And as a pastor, I don't get it much. Mm -hmm. But that is where someone would come up and say, what do you need, Andy? Mm -hmm. What do you see as the needs in the church? Yeah. They approach Josh and Mindy for, you're doing small groups, you're doing prayer. What do you need? What do you need? Tell me where you can plug me in. Yeah. That is, I, I, that didn't happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're listening, I'm encouraging you that it could yeah. and should. Yeah. I was brand new, married, married brand new, brand new officer in the Navy transferred from Maryland to Virginia to uh, Norfolk to the destroyer and going to a church there. And I deployed right away. So I didn't get, to, Melinda got to go to the church, but I was three, about three, four months. And then I come back. And so I meet the pastor and, and I said, I'd like to be involved. Now, Melinda's a pastor's kid. She was teaching Sunday school at nine, you know? <laughs> she was a missionary in Puerto Rico, stuff like that. I was just a kid that was trying to find Jesus, you know? So. Uh, the guy asked me, the pastor, he goes, what would you like to do? 
I said, I don't know, man, whatever. What do you need? I, uh, whatever. I don't know. He said, well, we have bus ministry or we have a, we're, we're creating this youth team. And the youth team is like uh, maybe eight or 10 people that are going to together collectively lead our, our young people. And I said, I've never done either one. Whatever you think. And he put Melinda and I on this youth team. And within a year, the other six, seven people either moved or quit or something. So by default, Melinda and I became youth pastors. And I'm not going to take the time right now. But from that moment, I can show you how that, let's just call it job. That job got me the next job in Ohio, which got me the next job in Rhode Island, which got me the next job in Maryland. As we moved, they just built upon each other. And I'm not talking about church jobs. I worked with rough, rough, rough kids and rough families, rough situations in Newport News and Hampton Roads, and it was difficult. I stood outside the door of a bathroom in a kid's house. The dad was in the bathroom with a gun. I'm 22 years old, and I'm standing outside the door in a dark house talking to this guy. What in the world? That's one memorable moment, right? And these memorable ministry moments with rough situations. And then from there, I went to a job at a prison. And I was a counselor in a prison. They hired me because of those experiences. So as I said earlier, these things all weave together. But that came from me looking that pastor in the eye and go, man, you're my pastor. Tell me what you want me to do. To this day, my pastor calls me. And he said, hey, man, I want you to pray about coming down to this thing with us, you know, this prayer meeting or whatever it is. I said, do you want me to go? I think you should. Well, then I don't have to pray about that. <laughs> You're my pastor, so if you want me to go, I'll go. I'm not saying lost art because I don't know if it's an art, but that doesn't happen so much. It's and I don't, an, It's an attitude. I don't think it's unhealthy. Yeah. No, I don't either. And it's a little self-serving being, you know, we're sitting around here as the pastors. <laughs> Please come and ask us what we want you to do. Yeah. I get it. But there's something in that, and I hope that resonates with somebody to recognize that there is nothing wrong with saying, and really, I was thinking of a minute ago, because in our culture, arranged marriage, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But that's what we're talking about. I I think I know who I'm in love with, but Lord, who do you want me? Or dad, who should I marry? You're going to let your dad tell you who to marry? Melinda and I say we're in an arranged marriage. It's a fun story, but we totally believe that. And so in ministry, go to somebody and say, what do you see in me? Where do you think I should be plugged in? Where do you need me? That alone. (laughs) In fact, your life has probably already changed for you to be able to be in that space and say that thing or ask that question. And give yourself to that with joy. With faith and trust and joy. Mm Yeah. 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 So (laughs) that'd be beautiful. And I kind of hope that from Sunday, as we wrap this up, I kind of hoped that from Sunday people would literally say, hey, I'm going to find, because I walked through the leaders of the church at different steps. I said, you know, if you're feeling that, go see that person. If you're feeling that, go see that person. And I'd like to think that they will and can and go up and go, hey, where do you need me? I'm in. And it's not forever, but it is the Lord guiding and leading. And, and really, it's also an expression of trust. Mm-hmm. You're my, I mean, you're, you're letting these people be your spiritual leader. I'll be able to tell you where you can serve or the gifts that they see in your life. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, that'd be a beautiful thing if that could have a resurrection. Uh, and, and not just, it'd make our life a whole lot easier than rattling the bushes all the time. 
but the change that would be in people when they just serve so willingly and somehow see that. So, man, that was a beautiful reading out of Ecclesiastes. So uh, as we wind her down, how about uh, the joy that we get from the work of our hands day, yeah. day in, day out? How about pray us out? Lord, I, today? I praise you that we are in your, created in your image. Lord, you worked and created and created something beautiful and uh, rested, walked among your creation and enjoyed, enjoyed the work of your hands. And Father, you've made that, I think, ingrained in who we are. And we help us to trust you with, with that that you would put things in our minds and in our heart and we would see them and we'd trust, trust that we see them and see you working in them because you designed us to do, to do that and to do that in your name with joy. So I praise you that you, Lord, you give us the things that you put in front of us. Thank you for being a God who cares enough to do that. In Jesus' name I pray and hope in you. Amen. Amen. As you're praying that, I'm thinking just the four of us, we all had options. We all had other paths. And some of us, we took those paths for a little bit. And isn't it a privilege mm-hmm. to give your life to, to ministry? What a, what, a, what a privilege of the calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not just a calling uh, for one or two. It is a ministry of the body. So we welcome you into that space and join us. Hope you're encouraged by it. Thanks so much for hanging in there with us today in this conversation and, uh, and, and walking with us uh, through, this, through this year. So thank you again until next time. Grace and peace, and we'll, we'll be with you soon. Take care.